1: Hour number two underway now, nine minutes past ten o'clock on a Friday, which is no different than a Monday, Tuesday, or Wednesday anymore. There's no fun that is allowed to be had on the weekends uh, due to curfews, due to lockdowns, due to shutdowns, due to capacities, due to, well, essentially the strangling of Ohioans' liberties. Uh, But it is a Friday, the 18th morning of the 12th month of the year of our Lord 2020. If I was Tommy Two-Tone, and if I could sing and carry a tune at all, I would. I would be doing something like this on a regular basis. Now, don't don't turn off the radio because of this. It's going to hurt. I promise you. Four six six seven five zero oh, five. I've. That's the number to Larry Obhoff's office. It's in the six one four. Four six six seven five zero oh, five. I've. Yeah, that's it. That's as close as I'm going to get to singing. Seriously, I just want to sing it and I want to play it all the time. Call Larry Aboff's office. Demand that he get off of his rhino rear and call the session or call the Senate into session and call for an override vote of Senate Bill three eleven. I've got countless stories in front of me that say Ohio Senate President says he has the votes to override Mike DeWine's veto. They are everywhere. Ladies W it's all from December second, December third, December fourth. WCPO nine tweeted. Ohio Senate President Larry Alboff says he has the votes to override Governor Mike DeWine's threatened override of a bill restricting the State Health Department's powers during a health emergency, and he will hold the vote if the bill is vetoed by week's end. Here we are. It is now sixteen days since that tweet and that statement and the, uh, multiple media coverages of uh, or coverage of um Larry Aboff statement, and he still is refusing to hold the vote. I know somebody who is frustrated and tired of this. His name is Tom Renz. He is an attorney. He is representing and founding Ohio Stands Up and has filed lawsuits, multiple lawsuits in the state of Ohio, to end the unconstitutional orders of the Napoleonic tyrant known as Mike DeWine. He is Tom Renz on AM 1420, The Answer. Tom, good morning, sir. How are you?
2: Great. How are you doing today, Bob?
1: Well, I'd be better if my elected representatives, including the Senate President in the state of Ohio, would follow through on his word and uh, give the people of his state a little bit of power back through their representation in the General Assembly, but um, it doesn't look like that's going to happen, Tom.
2: No, no, it certainly doesn't. Uh, We've been told, and we've been watching SB 311 very closely, we've been told over and over again that uh, right now Abhoff is is the the problem. Uh, Apparently rumor has it, we don't know, but it seems as though he's been uh, looking for some sort of a political appointment. You know, maybe that's a good reason not to govern according to the will of the people. I'm not sure if that's the case or not, but I will tell you what, this is absolutely disgusting. There is no question where the people are on this. And the fact that the leader of our Senate will not bring this up for a vote, I mean, you talk about governing against the will of the people. I've never seen anything like it. It is absolutely amazing.
1: Especially, again, you know, it would be one thing for him to say, look, I disagree with my colleagues. I disagree with them and, and, and uh, 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 with respect to overriding this veto, and I will not support it. Say that. Be a man. But instead, he says publicly, we have the votes to do this as if he is one of them. And true to his word, in that regard, he would have to be one of them. I was just talking to Senator Rogner, who said that he would be the 20th vote. You need 20 votes in the Senate to override. He would be one of those 20. So at least be honest. If you don't want to support it because you disagree with your colleagues and you think uh, SB 311 is wrong-minded or wrong-headed or whatever, fine, say so. But he acts as though he is in support of this, but then just is refusing to do his job apparently according to a few different people because eh, the, the house might not have enough votes so why should we waste our time conducting our vote here on the Senate side?
2: Yeah that that uh, a couple hours it would take to get that done is a real waste of time. I mean God knows just because the entire state of Ohio is furious about this and uh, you're governing against the will of your party and everybody's mad yeah I'd, we don't want to take the time to do that That's way too much to ask. You know, I mean, our, his busy schedule. I'm I'm sure they're working almost as many hours as I am right now uh, to try and make sure that you know they they can restore freedom in Ohio. It seems like they're doing a, one heck of a job on that. It, it's unbelievable. You know what, Bob? I hope not only I know you gave out his number, but I'm going to tell you what I hope everyone in his district calls their county and city people and blows their phones up too and says, tells tell those people. You need to call Obhoff. You need to tell him to get his butt moving because he doesn't care about the will of the people. Maybe if enough of the other elected people uh, jump his rear, you know, maybe that will uh, motivate him to do something. Yeah, everybody, everybody in his district should be that's elected from from bottom to top should be getting a call, including our U.S. reps who need to be calling him and saying, "What are you doing?" Yeah, our congressmen, where, where are our congresspeople on this? Where are where are our state, I mean, we do have one Republican state senator, where's he at? Uh, you know, I mean, Portman, he should be calling him. Everybody in this state should be calling Obhoff and saying, what are you doing? But we need to call them as well. Don't call Obhoff, but call everybody else. We need everybody to blow this up immediately.
1: Well, I really, really uh, agree with and support your statement about the calling other people, calling your local representatives and local leaders because reaching him is pointless uh, it's impossible quite frankly uh, not only is he not taking calls in his office you know he's got an assistant sometimes who answers usually it just goes to a voicemail which is full but you know his private correspondence as well there are people with whom he has given you know i uh, had uh, private correspondence via text and calls etc who are trying to reach him and i talk to them who can't get through to him as a matter of fact i have called and texted his personal cell phone number which of course i would never get out on get out give out on the radio But but he's not talking to anybody, Tom, is my point here. He's not talking to the press. He's not talking to his supporters. He's not talking to his colleagues. I just asked Christina Rogan when the last time uh, this was discussed with him, and she said they haven't caucused all week, and they caucused a couple of times last week, and this was not brought up. So, you know, the, for, I said this before, and I'll say it again, he's bidening his way to the finish line, to the end of his Senate career. He's going to stay in the basement, not do anything controversial, and as you said, you know, it's a rumor, and I have no facts to back this up, but the rumor is, uh, and it's online and a lot of sources, that he is, uh, you know, since he's unable to uh, continue in elected office, he's, you know, angling for an appointment of some sort, perhaps a judicial appointment from Governor DeWine. Now, that's all speculative, so uh, uh, I want to be very clear about that. It is just speculative but the point is he is just incommunicado with the public right now his you know his constituents which are still his constituents until this uh, term is over
2: well the the real neat thing is is that then we're going to have someone who appoint who's appointed to a political office and we can see how how serious he takes the rights of the people i mean you know you've got to be kidding me What, what what's going on here with this this is if this isn't cronyism i don't know what is i'll tell you what If he comes out and will make a public statement that he will refuse to accept any political appointment from Mike DeWine and that he is refusing to bring this up because he believes that it's the wrong thing to do, then I can respect that. But if that's not what's happening, then he has no business being appointed to anything, and he has no business uh, continuing his representation of the people. I think it's absolutely wrong. And, you know, while people are looking... You should call his the people who have been donating to his campaign and to the Republican causes, too. Ask them if, you know, are you going to continue donating to the party that won't back you, the party that's going to shut down your businesses, that's going to stand aside while while our governor, uh, you know, shuts us down and does nothing that you care about? Are we going to continue backing these people? You know, what are we going to do about this? Yeah, the, you know what the nice thing? I can say something really nice about the Democrats right now. That's that at least I know, that they're not—they're going to do everything I disagree with. So you know, I guess I guess sometimes the evil you know is better than the evil you don't. Um, this is unbelievable, Bob. I have never seen anything like this. The fact that this could—this was vetoed, brought back, and he won't even allow a vote for the override. And you know, give us the opportunity. If the House is the problem, that's fine. Give us names. Give us the people. We need to know who. You know, this is unbelievable. Well, if the House is the
1: problem, then make them the problem. Pass it on your yeah. side, throw it over to Cup, and let them deal with it. And if it fails there, then those individuals will have to answer to the voters. Those individuals us- who don't vote for it. Uh, but, but, you know, for him to just, you know, be to, to neglect his own responsibility on his side because of what may or may not happen on the other side is is inexcusable. And, Tom, I'll, I'll throw this to, we're talking to Attorney Tom Renz of Ohio Stands up and um. I'll say this too, to follow up what you just said. Where's Jane Timken? Where is the Republican Party? I am calling them out. They are suffering some serious public relations, uh, you know, nightmares from this as well, because, uh, Larry Aboff is a Republican. If he's ignoring the majority Republican constituents in this state that want this done, this is going to reflect badly on all of them. So where is the pressure coming from the ORP? Why aren't they talking to Larry Aboff and saying you need to follow the will of the constituents? They are our lifeblood, and it's our responsibility to give them what they voted for. And and, and the ORP isn't doing anything, to my understanding, because I haven't seen a public statement from Jane Timken or anybody else saying we support the override of this uh, of this unconstitu- unconstitutional veto, because I think they are more beholden to Mike DeWine than they are to the people of the state.
2: I can't argue with you. I will tell you this, uh, before the election, you know, I said, where's the Republican Party? I was calling them out. And I was told by certain people in the Republican Party, and I'm not going to mention any names because they're good people. There are some good people there um, that, you know, we got to get through this election. We got to get get a, you know, enough of a majority to override the veto and then we'll be OK. OK, well, we got through it. There's more than enough to override this veto. What's going on here? Um, now, I understand the new the new session's not in term. We don't need the new session in term. We've got enough to override this. What is the problem? When are you going to start governing? And here's the thing. I want to know when we, when the people who support what we're saying, the people who agree with us, I want to know when we're going to start seeing, seeing those people start pushing for these positions in the Republican Party, because I'm going to be honest. Uh, you know, I'm working with a number of states on stuff related to this. Mm-hmm. And I, there's one state in particular I really like. And, you know, I talked to the Republican Party and I said, well, I don't have a real good taste for you all right now because of what's happening in Ohio. They told me, they said, you know what? We took our Republican Party from the rhinos. We threw them all out. When's that going to start happening in Ohio? When are we going to actually start having the Republican Party represent the Republicans of this state? The businesses, the people who are being hurt, not just the Walmart businesses or the Pfizer businesses or whatever other giant business that you own stock in, but the actual small businesses and the people who work here. Bingo. Bingo.
1: that's that's what but, it's all about. And when are they going to do that? That's that's a great question. And you know what it is, Tom? Uh it, it appears that we have our own little mini swamp in Columbus that's uh very similar in the way that it operates in Washington DC. There's a swamp here and their power is deep and it's reaching far reaching and that's why so many people are afraid to cross them even if they are maybe initially inclined to do so. You know, Larry Aboff, uh you know, is part of the problem, but he sounded like he was going to be part of the solution. Who knows what forces caused him to change his mind, whether it's a promise of an appointment of some sort or a threat of another sort. I have no clue, but all I know is that the man who said back on December 2nd, we've got the votes. I promise we will hold the vote. It is now 16 days later, and he has not held the vote as we inch toward the end of this term and, uh, you know, the new General Assembly coming in. Uh, hey, Tom, before you go real fast... Um, can you in fact you know what? It's ten twenty two. I gotta take this break here. Can you hang for a couple minutes, give us an update on the lawsuit? Yeah. Okay, yeah, just to find that. out where we are in the lawsuit that you have filed on behalf of the people of Ohio. Ohio stands up attorney Tom Renz joins us or comes back with us rather right after this. okay ten twenty five i 've got a few more minutes here with uh, attorney Tom Renz, who represents Ohio stands up and in fact, who started Ohio stands up in an attempt to uh, uh, recoup some of our liberties that have been stolen from us uh, by uh, the leadership in Columbus as it pertains to the Chinese coronavirus so Tom The last update on the webpage, I've been looking at Ohio uh, stands up now. The last update there was from November 19th. So it's about a month. In fact, almost a month to the day that we got an update there. I think you were in the discovery phase at that point. What can you tell us about where things stand right now?
2: So actually quite a bit. Frankly, I'm kind of sorry that I had spent so long. I've been pretty busy. Um, So the case in Ohio is is exactly where it's supposed to be. Uh, We're When you go through a lawsuit like this, the court sets a schedule in conjunction with the attorneys, and then you have to follow that schedule. There's nothing that you can do about that. That schedule is not a flexible thing. It just is what it is. Uh, The next step is we have papers to file, and those will be filed by uh, December 30th. Then the state has some papers to file in response, and those, I think, have to be filed by the 15th, if I remember correctly. And from there, we wait for a, a uh, ruling from the judge on some stuff. And then from there, I don't have the rest of the schedule. But it's going as, as okay. it should. Um, you know, there's, there's not a tremendous amount either way. What I can tell you that's actually pretty interesting is that we will have a very big announcement, hopefully by the end of the day, today. Um, we expect that announcement will have quite an impact on a very large scale. And uh, it it just plays into a very large strategy. I mean, you got to remember, we've been attacked okay. uh, and lost our freedoms nationally, and so we're working with people around the country, and actually, we're, we're working with people around the world now to help to help fight to, for freedom. Uh, freedom is being under attacked everywhere around the world, and so uh, we're going to have two major announcements on that. Uh, maybe one major announcement, but regarding two actions on that and uh hopefully those will be out by the end of the day it will be a christmas present for anybody that's on our side
1: (laughs) that would be something um and i look forward to that announcement uh tom since i've got you on and i can tap into your legal expertise maybe you can discuss this as it pertains to the vaccine um there was a news story that i saw just this morning and i don't have it in front of me now because I didn't anticipate this. My, my bad for poor planning. But it was uh, a story about Israel and mandatory vaccinations. And the Israelis saying, we can't do that. It's not in Israeli law to force people to take a vaccine. However, what they will do is entice people into taking the vaccine by essentially limiting their movement if they don't. They would, if they get a vaccine, they would get a green card not the kind of green card that we talk about but a green status and only with green status can you go into green zones guess what the green zones are airports restaurants bus stations uh stores shopping malls etc so in other words it's not a forced vaccine it's your choice but if you don't you can't live you can't you can't buy sell or trade or engage in commerce so let's bring Mm -hmm. that to obviously the the question is here uh, can they force vaccines upon us in any way, including by stopping us from being able to do our, do our business, to do business, to buy, sell, and trade?
2: Well, it's an interesting question. Um, the government's going to rely on a, a case from the early 1900s called uh, Jacobson v. Massachusetts, and they're going to say, because under that case, uh, a guy who refused to get a vaccine was charged a $5, a $5 criminal penalty, and uh the court said he had to pay it. That was that case. It was a narrow ruling uh but from that ruling, somehow we've gotten to the point where our our governor thinks he can shut down the entire state uh for some i i yeah, I don't even know how he could possibly have gotten to there from that, but you know he believes that there's no doubt that that's part of the plan. Now, the question's going to be whether it works um and I don't know. You know, I would like to say no way, but if you'd asked me a year ago whether they would have shut down Uni- the United States and made people wear masks, I would have said no way. So I'm not going to say it's impossible that they would try and do that or that they would succeed in doing that. The question is going to end up being, are we going to accept it? Are we the people going right. to accept it? My first thought
1: it? when I, mean, I heard about that... My, my my first thought was people like you, Tom, and I said, "Wait until a business uh, denies service or denies products and sales to people who don't have the vaccination card." Wait until they do that, because I cannot wait for the first lawyer to jump on that and uh, and and file a class action lawsuit on behalf of the people. You know, you cannot yeah. force us to take a foreign substance into our bodies in order to engage in commerce in this country. It is simply uh, in, inconceivable, and I would hope that somebody like you or attorneys all. Over the country are waiting for that one.
2: Well, I, I certainly am. The problem is, is there's about a hundred more things that I could be doing right now. The problem is, is that I'm, you know, there's such a small handful of, of attorneys that are willing to fight this fight. Um, it's just a matter of time. I mean, I work around the clock. And like I said, you'll see in this these two announcements, you'll see what I've been working on. Um, but <clears throat> there's there's just not enough people and enough hours in the day. Right now, we're seeing discrimination right and left in violation of the ADA and the Ohio uh, Disabilities Act. Yeah, I mean, people are discriminating all over the place. I've got women who are abused and can't wear masks. They're being discriminated and told they can't get their groceries. I got veterans who have PTSD who are being told they can't go get groceries. I mean, this is unbelievable. If I could, and I got to tell you, it's heartbreaking. I wish to God I had time to take these cases because it's wrong on every level. But unfortunately, uh, they're using some tricky legal work, and it's not an easy case, and there's just not a lot of people that are willing to fight it. I will tell you, I am strongly of the belief that the ADA cases can be won and should be fought. I just haven't been able to get to it yet.
1: Well, uh, and I respect that, and I understand, like you said, not enough hours in the day. But for what you are doing, I certainly appreciate it, and I look forward to the next announcement of the two other actions that you're talking, uh, talking about. And, of course, we'll stay in touch with you down the road. If we do not talk between now and next Friday, that's Christmas Day, then a very Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays to you. Thank you so much.
2: Merry Christmas, Bob.
1: Thank you, Tom. That's Attorney Tom Renz on AM 1420, The Answer. Back to your calls after this.
3: Now heard through downtown, through Greater Cleveland, on 102.5 FM.
1: All right. I've uh, got some bad news as it pertains to the big topic we've been discussing today, which is trying to reclaim some of the power to put it in the hands of the people and to take it away, some of it away from uh, the the, uh, Napoleonic tyrant. That's what I call him. Either that of the bespectacled buffoon, uh, Rhino extraordinaire Mike DeWine. Um, it's not going to happen. Senator Christina Rogner joined me earlier this morning and said they're in session today at 11 o'clock. The Ohio State Senate is in session at 11 o'clock. So it could happen. Perhaps it could happen. The override vote could take place. The override vote that Larry Abhoff has been promising since December 2nd, when he was quoted by numerous uh, media outlets as saying he's got the votes and he will hold the vote, and never held the vote. It still could happen, Senator Brogner told me this morning. Except that now it can't. I just got a text message that was actually sent from... Uh, Uh, Senator Rogner to Marcy, who's our producer, asking to let Bob know this. I just learned that Senator Steve Huffman, who is one of the 20 yes votes, is on a plane to Florida. So now we won't have the votes either way. How about that? So Larry Obhoff drags his feet, refuses to hold the vote to override the veto and take some of the power away from the unelected Ohio uh, Department of Health director and from the unilateral executive power of Mike DeWine and give some of that power back to the people. He refuses to do what his constituents have told him to do, and now it can't be done. And I'm doubting very seriously that Steve Huffman just decided I'm going to leave for uh, Christmas vacation now before this important vote that Larry Aboff wants to hold. I'm pretty sure, and this is my opinion, Larry Aboff has already told them uh, that they're not going to have this vote. So if you want to leave, you don't have to be in session on Friday. And now one of the yes votes is out. I just shared this with a friend who said now he can blame Huffman's need to travel as the reason he doesn't bring it to a vote? No, he can't. Listen, people need to stop defending this guy. I have more than had more than my fill of people finding ways to excuse and defend Larry Obhoff, the state senate president, who is just absolutely he has neglected his responsibility. I've just had enough defending him. This wasn't a need to travel for crying out loud. There's one session left before Christmas today. You had to hop on the jet to Florida to go to family vacation under the palm trees today when you're one of the yes votes? Give me a break. Larry Obhoff has failed the people of the state of Ohio, and I want everybody that is in the Ohio Republican Party to know this. We hold you responsible. All of you, because you cast your lot with the Republican governor instead of with the Republican voters. All in for defending Mike DeWine, who wants to be your daddy. Who has taken part and played his role in removing the life out of living. That's the bottom line here. They have cast their lot with DeWine. They were told to choose sides with the little tyrant who's ordering us around and telling us what to do unconstitutionally, or with the people whose representatives voted to remove that power from him. And then when he exercised his power of veto, once again it was time for the people's representatives to stand up, and this is when they laid down. Their Republican leadership laid down. ORP, who are you with? Are you with the people or are you with Mike DeWine? Obviously, you're with Mike DeWine. And I want you to know you will never, ever be permitted to forget it. I want you to know that the people in this state, voters in this state, are now going to be up for grabs. Let me give a little advice here to the Democratic Party in the state of Ohio. You've got a golden opportunity here. You've got a golden opportunity. Take yourself away from your national far-left politics. Move your way toward the center, and you are going to grab hundreds of thousands of disenchanted voters who voted for the Republican rhinos in this state and who are disgusted by them. You have a golden opportunity here to advance your own cause and your own agenda. Get away from the far-left radicalism. Embrace some center policies, some, some uh, moderate policies, some centrist policies, and you can easily take over the state. And you know what? At this point in time, <laughs> I almost don't care. I almost don't care. Because I'm disgusted by the Ohio Republican Party. I'm disgusted by its leadership. Just done. TJ is in Cleveland on AM 1420, The Answer. Uh, Hey, TJ, go ahead.
3: Yeah, you know, Bob, the Rhinos and the Democrats have created two new classes in America. They're called the essential and the non-essential people. You know, I look at the waitress, one of the non-essentials, deemed non-essential, trying to raise a family, uh, put out of work, can't pay the rent, faces eviction, Basis utility cut off, maybe uh, uh, loses her car, and there's millions of them like that. And you know what galls me more than the politicians are the everyday people. I've talked to a lot of these so called essential people over the last few months, and they're all in a lo- lockstep with we've got to shut everything down for the safety. Now, the only difference is they're collecting a paycheck every week. They don't face eviction or foreclosure or losing their car. Their kids are going to have a real Merry Christmas, while millions of others' non-essentials are going to suffer in this country. I can't believe that these classes have uh, uh, been formed by these people. They are such hypocrites, it makes me sick to my stomach, Bob
1: yeah well mine too uh be be sick to my stomach too uh TJ. I, I completely agree there's just so much you know it, it, it's it, this what 's supposed to be a you know a normally happy and joyous time of the year as we go into the holidays here man i got to tell you i am feeling so much more disenchanted with our leadership with our government and i mean at every level and i mean federal as well as uh... uh... you know state and and local and everything else i'm just so disgusted by what i'm seeing and as far far as, as far as our leadership uh, tj i don't i don't i don't know man i'm starting to I, I need some time off i think is what it is what it is to recharge my battery because they can beat you down sometimes you can drown in the swamp and that's what i feel like i'm doing
3: well well bob i mean it's not just them i'm telling you and just one example of many a couple i know uh, he drives yeah. a tow motor in a steel mills, he's been working all through this epidemic. His wife works in health care, she's been working all through this epidemic, and they had the nerve to tell me we gotta lock everything down. We for the safety of the people, but not their jobs. If their, their jobs, jobs yeah, got yeah, locked out, maybe came out of the swamp. Potential. I mean,
1: honestly, that's part of the swamp. TJ, TJ, they, you know, not that they're in elected office, but I mean, they take their cues from people like, like Dewine, you know, and uh, and and they are they It's almost here's the thing: you're talking about a nurse and a or a healthcare worker, whatever you just said, and a tow tow, tow motor operator, and uh, let's take them, and they're sitting alongside Bill Gates. Who says lock everything down? Here's a multi-billionaire computer guru, and you got a tow truck uh, uh, operator and a uh, – or not a tow truck, a tow motor operator and a, and a health care worker, and all of them are saying the same thing. That's not coincidence. These are people in different st- stations in life. It's not coincidence that they're all calling for the same thing. It's called brainwashing, uh, and it is it is very dangerous. And like I said, it is politically connected. How the hell does Bill Gates get a voice in, in whether or not, uh, the United States of America locks down? What does he know about medicine? What does he know about anything other than the computer company that he founded? And that's it. And so, and, and yet he's out there screaming lockdown, lockdown, lockdown. And people are influenced by it, including your friends. Uh, you know, I think, you know, if it was a friend you just said you just described it. But, but there, what's the difference here? Bill Gates isn't going to be impacted by a lockdown. Neither is your tow-, tow motor operator if he's working for the steel mill, and that's considered essential. And obviously the health care workers. All of them are going to continue to get their paychecks. All of them are going to continue to uh, uh, live their lives as they want. It's just a double standard. And like I said, it's starting to beat me down, man, between the leadership and the people, like you said, who give that leadership their power and who embolden and support the restricting of American liberties uh, from all of us. I'm just, uh, I'm just done with them. Anything else, TJ?
3: We're getting tired.
1: Better believe it. Better believe it. Thank you TJ. I appreciate the call. I'm tired too. I'm tired. Think about that. Like I said, think about the difference in 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 places in life. You got corporate CEOs, multi-billionaires. I'm not affected by a shutdown, so let's shut down. You got people who are fortunate enough to work in "quote unquote" uh, essential positions for essential companies or essential industries or essential stores, and I'm still making my money. So yeah, let's lock down. Uh, forget about the rest. I, I, a, you know, I, I'm, I'm just, I'm just there. I'm there. I'm just so disgusted by what's happening in the state of Ohio. That's where I kind of feel like I'm, I'm starting to lose my mind here. You've got 20 votes needed for that override. The Senate president won't call the vote to have it. I promise you, you know, somebody is suggesting to me that, you know, Aboff is going to be able to say, well, we had one of our yes votes leave for Florida. So we didn't have enough votes now, so I'm not going to call the vote. When the reality is I promise you the exact opposite. I promise you Huffman was told, no, we're not having this vote. And so he said, can I get out early then and uh, not go to the session? Yeah, have a ball. And so he hopped the plane to Florida. Free of the judgment judgment and the judging eyes of the constituency. Free of all of it. Yep, just give me my tie. Give me, a, give me under a palm tree. By the way, in a state that does not have those same lockdown orders. I love that. I love the irony of that. wonder how many other Ohio representatives are going to go in the middle of the winter storm down to Florida. Where Governor Ron DeSantis is doing the exact opposite of what Governor Mike DeWine is doing. He's allowing his people to, you know, be, um, uh, what's that word? Free! It's Ohio legislators are making a beeline to Florida where they can be free. Free of the onerous restrictions that they themselves have been too incompetent to remove from us placed upon them by the governor. Just, you can't write this, man. You just can't write it. I got time for a couple more calls if you want to make them now. 216-9010945-888-281-1110. Right back. Okay, 10:54. Uh, let's get a few more phone calls in here before the end of the broadcast, the end of the day, the end of the work week, which doesn't matter because the weekend is here. That's not a weekend anymore. Seriously, what's it for? You can't go to sporting events, can't go to movies, can't go out drinking, have a party, can't have people over, can't do anything. Yeah, how's life? Amy's in Hudson on AM 1420. The answer, hi Amy, go ahead.
0: (laughs) You sound so depressed. I feel so bad for you, Bob, and I'm getting angry also. Um, My question is who is the supreme ruler? Because we get news from Germany, uh, France, uh, England, and Japan over the air on television, and they have identical rules. It can't be that they're following our example. So there must be some source that is giving everybody, or all the countries, rule um, uh, mandates, unquestionable mandates. So who is the ruler? Do you know?
1: Who is the ruler of whom?
0: Of Governor DeWine, American states, the German state, of France, Italy, England, all following the same rules for this stupid Corona-19. Yeah,
1: yeah, that is very interesting. Um, that is very interesting. Uh, it, not all of them. Um, but yeah, there are some that are kind of on the same playbook as far as what they're doing to their people and, and why they're doing it, but it's hitting different countries and different States, obviously in different ways. So I, you know, there, there are your, your question and thank you for the call, Amy. Your question is a very valid one. Are we following, you know, the, the, the leadership of them or are they following the leadership of the United States and some of what we're doing, but we're all over the place here. I don't know that there is any playbook. And, in fact, here's the thing that I will say, that I that the only part of this that I can say with any degree of certainty, we're doing it wrong in the state of Ohio. Okay, That's the only thing I can say with any degree of certainty. We're doing it wrong in the state of Ohio. Because the answer to any emergency, be it health, military, or anything else, cannot be revoke the Constitution. That's it. They don't have a Constitution in Germany and France any of the places you're talking about like ours. All I know is that we are essentially ignoring the Constitution, and that's that we're doing it wrong. Sam is in North Ridgeville. Hi, Sam. You're on the air. Go ahead.
2: Hi, Bob. How are you doing today? I'm all How right, Sam. How are you doing, Go Bob?
1: On, Two
2: things. I'm, I'm, I'm real good, clear. Sam. Go ahead. Why, yeah. mm-hmm. why are they trying to shove this vaccine down everybody's throat if it has a 98% cure rate on its own? If, that's, if those numbers are correct, is that correct?
1: Well, no, it's actually a little light. It's 99.9% recovery rate of people under the age of 70 who get the coronavirus.
2: Well, why are they trying to shove this in everybody's bodies when they don't even know what the side effects are going to be 8, 10 months from now, especially when it's healthcare care workers and doctors?
3: And emergency yeah. people. How, how do they know they're not going to? Who's going to take? We care don't know what the side effects the are going to be
1: eight to ten months from now. Right. We don't know what the side effects are going to be two to four years from now either. And that's one of the reasons why they're not coming anywhere near me or my family with one of those needles. Uh, because you're, what you said is spot on, Sam. I agree with you a thousand percent. And thank you for the phone call. If it's got a recovery rate over ninety nine percent, why are they so insistent on everybody getting this vaccine right now? There has to be another reason. It isn't health. I think it's compliance. I do. I think it's forced compliance, because that's exactly what it requ- what is required in order for a government to essentially uh, remove its people's liberties. And I don't know what the end game is for that, but I do know that that's what this is: is forced compliance, regardless of what's in that needle. Uh, Stephen Collingwood. Hi, Steve. Go ahead.
3: Yeah, I, I told Hello, last month. Yeah. Of, how you doing?
1: I'm I, good, so I flew
3: that. La- I flew last month to uh, Florida for nineteen bucks each way. So if you live in Northeast Ohio, and I, I'm sure you've looked out the window in the last hour or so, but uh,
1: <laughs> yeah,
3: I, I no, can't I blame. Do, yeah. I can't blame the guy. Constitutional crisis that it is. Uh, you know, I might even go next month to go have dinner with my brother. I don't
1: blame anybody for wanting to leave the snow and go to the sunshine and the liberty of Florida. Thanks for the call, my friend. But I do question the, uh, uh, the wisdom or the uh, intentions, if you will, of doing it right before what could be an extraordinarily important Senate vote. And that's because he knew there was not going to be a Senate vote. That's all the time I've got today. Thanks for listening. Thanks for venting and allowing me to vent as well. Uh, Have a whatever you want to call this weekend, and we'll see you Monday. Enjoy the silence.